0: What's up y'all welcome to SOS where we talk about basketball among other things and today I'm just going to talk about the second round series and what's going on around the league keeping nice and quick for you guys 20 maybe 25 minutes and let's just get right into it no stops whatsoever let's start off by talking about all the young talent in our league and how secure the NBA future really is Like, I thought when all these superstars retire, Steph Curry, LeBron, KD, Kyrie, when all these guys get older, James Harden, like, who are we really going to watch out here? But there's so much talent in the league and the parity's building because of all the talent everywhere. That's why this year, this year feels a little different compared to other years because a lot of people, they genuinely think, like, we can win it all. And it's actually true. Anyone could win this all, even with the last eight teams. You got guys like Trey Young, who didn't have a great series, but we all know his potential. You got Luca, of course, the future GOAT, the future go-to guy, future MVP, future Hall of Famer, on a path to greatness. But who knows? He could fall off too. And then we got John ja Morant. Right now, everyone's talking about him as that young guy. But of course, we got two more young guys that actually have finals. Uh, what's the word? Finals chances. You know, they can actually make the finals right here, right now. That's Devin Booker and Jason Tatum. They took a huge step forward this year with playmaking and defense. And you can just see how great they are. And they're only like, what, 24, 25. Jason Tatum's still 19. It's crazy, bro. And that's not even getting into the super young guys like LaMelo, Scotty Barnes, Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, Darius Garland. There's so many even younger guys who haven't even made the playoffs or didn't really perform that well in the playoffs this year. Are their teams in? At least it gets me. It gets me pretty excited just to know that we're gonna have some good years coming. There's gonna be other dynasties. You know, Giannis is probably the oldest among these guys, and we'll see how he carries the league when uh, all these old heads retire. Like John Moran had 47 the other night. Luca had a 40 piece, and he's constantly getting triple doubles. Jason Tatum and Devin Booker are doing Jason Tatum and Devin Booker things. You got. Al Horford, the youngest guy in the league, strapping up your favorite player. The future of the league is great, bro. Come on. What are we talking about here? But <laughs> all jokes aside, Al Horford dropped 30 the other day on 11 of 14 shooting. Jason Tatum dropped 32, but he was 11 of 24, so he took 10 more shots than Al Horford just to drop 30. You know? And Al Horford was, you know, he's, he's playing amazing defense. He was—I wouldn't say he was clamping up Giannis, but yo, he was—he was doing his best. For some reason, I don't know. They just let that old man hoop. Everyone's saying like, I seen that tweet where Al Horford's sister was like, "I seen this face before." He was pissed, pissed, and I guess he was pissed, pissed, because he decided to go off, and it sucks because Giannis had a thirty-four point, eighteen rebound night, but he got outshined by Mister Horford. The reason I love Al Horford not just because he's thirty five years old and he's hooping, but because he wears the number forty two and I wear the number forty two. I mean, I don't wear the number forty two because of uh, Al Horford. I wear it because of Jackie Robinson and Mariano Rivera, baseball players. Weird, but yeah, that's the reason I wear number forty two. Shout out Al Horford. You know, we're the same number. And sticking with that game, it was it was a good game actually. It was close throughout. Uh, It was looking like Milwaukee kept trying to run away with it, but Boston just kept coming back and they kept coming back and they just Milwaukee could never go on that one run to really just cement themselves as the victor of that game. You know what I mean? So I think it was uh, the fourth quarter where they kind of started melting down and it was a 43 to 28 fourth quarter. So that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, you know, I think Al Horford had 16 in the fourth, which was pretty good. Giannis missed a lot of free throws, which he's known for, but it just sucks that it had to happen in that moment. And I don't think anyone else really got going on the Bucks other than Giannis, maybe Brook Lopez. Drew Holiday went 5 of 22, which is pretty bad. I'm not going to lie, he should be playing better. Wesley Matthews and Grayson Allen did okay as role players. Didn't stand out too much but didn't do anything great either. Wesley Matthews is playing really good defense actually. He's having a good resurgence this series. He's trying his best to guard Jason Tatum and uh, Jalen Brown who went 5 of 11, only 18 points. And Marcus Smart, 8 of 13 with also 18 points. So other than Al Horford, Jason Tatum and Giannis, no one really had like an amazing game. But the Bucks and Boston series really isn't about the offense. It's more about the defense. We really see everyone laying it down. It's a real physical game running into each other. But I won't say just for this series, it's physical. I noticed that all of these series are pretty physical and the rest are allowing some things, but they're not allowing others. Uh, I don't want to get too into it, but you just see like someone getting hit hard or shoved hard and the rest just allow it. And then the next play on like a drive, someone hits someone's, um, Forearm or something, and the refs call it, and it's just like, what? You know, but it's not like the refs are favoring any specific team, but it's just been inconsistent calls for all teams in all situations. So it's just kind of weird, but it is entertaining to see uh, the refs just letting them go at it sometimes, even though they decide to stop it randomly. Home courts also played like a huge part this year, uh, especially for the Eastern teams. For the Philly and Miami game, no team, I mean for the Philly and Miami series, no team has lost a game on home court yet, so it's about to be game 6, and if this keeps up, Miami might just win it in game 7. I think, personally, it's going to go to a game 7, so it's kind of up to Philly to win one on the road. I was so happy that Harden had his little resurgence the other day, where he just dropped 16 in the third quarter and had like, what do you have, like 30-something? That was crazy. Was like, he had like 32 or 33. He had like 32, I think, or 34. I'm not going to go back and check. But it was a really good game, especially considering Joel was playing. He was playing all right. And everyone was playing good. Uh, George Niang had a good game. And then Danny Green, you know, he just turned into their messiah. Tobias Harris uh Tyrese Maxey had a good game. And even though Jimmy Butler, who was going off, he had 47. And I remember... Like, I remember watching that game and just his footwork. Like, most of his points were on the inside, too. Like, Jimmy Butler's footwork's just so nasty. Oh, my God. It's crazy. But that all doesn't matter because the next game in Miami, everyone played, like, ass. Like, it's the truth. George Niang had another zero-point stinker. Harden another terrible shooting night. I think Tyrese Maxey went 2 of 10. Uh Danny Green, Brick. Tobias Harris, Brick. Joel Embiid, the injured guy, only one who did decent. He didn't even have, like, his amazing Joel Embiid performance. And it was pretty crazy because it had a lot to say about the Philly and Miami series, how, like, Bam was struggling to guard Joel. And even though he really tried his best to keep Joel uh, from receiving the pass, like, when Joel got the ball, he was just going to work, barbecue chicken. But at the end of it, Miami ended up winning yesterday. And yesterday, it just showed, like, as a whole, as a team, Miami's just better. Philly's just too inconsistent. And I still want Philly to win. I still have Philly in seven. I'm not going to change it because I think, uh, I think every, because they are streaky, but when they're, when they're all clicking and when they're all good, like, Philly's definitely a team to worry about. My bad. My cat spilled water. Like, why would you do that? Why would you spill my water like that? Whatever. Um, what was I talking about? Oh yeah, like PJ Tucker, not only was he guarding James Harden, full court pressing him, being a menace on defense one-on-one, like he does, he still had 10 points somehow. PJ Tucker 10 points, I don't even know. Bam Adebayo had it 12 points again with his defense. Vincent had 15 points, Struce had 19. Hero had 10 and Victor Oladibo had 13. Even some guys like Highsmith had six. Who's Highsmith? I don't even know, bro. Yurt Seven had four too. It was, it was like, it was definitely just a team effort. And I remember even watching the game. You had Gabe Vincent just hooping on him. Like, how are you going to let Gabe Vincent hoop on you? You know, I understand he's a role player, but it's like on the dribble, on the one-on-one, you're going to let him hoop on you. Like, damn. I never even knew Gabe Vincent was like that. I guess shit. I guess he is. He just built like that. But it's, it's really, it's really about all the guys stepping up on the 76ers to beat Miami. But the Miami defense is just so legit, bro. It's actually, it's actually terrifying. But again, I don't know. I don't know. These, these are really good series. And except one series, I think, I think it's gonna, they're all gonna be pretty. Pretty intense and until the last moment, you know, you, you don't know what's going to happen. This one though, I still have 76ers and seven. Uh, the Milwaukee Boston one that I was just talking about, I still have Bucks and, well, originally I had Bucks and six. I think I still have Bucks and six to be honest, but I'm surprised Boston's like making it this difficult. Like to tie it up 2-2. So it's, it's, it's another close one. But there's one series that we know is basically over. Oh, no, there's actually two series that are basically over now. And they're both on the western side. For the Dallas and Suns series, it was pretty obvious that the Suns were going to win in like five or six. And it's kind of looking like it's about to head that way. And the Suns are probably going to finish up Dallas the next game. Uh Luca looks like he's like it's hard to say someone's falling apart when they go on to drop 28 and 40 pieces all the time with 11 rebounds and like a bunch of assists he only had two assists yesterday though but his three point shot has been struggling and the biggest like flaw of Luca at least right now is his lack of defense I know he's purposely getting hunted and I know a lot of other NBA superstars get hunted on the defensive side but it's like like with Luca, it's just it's not it's not like terrible but it's it's definitely noticeable, and I don't know. It's the Phoenix as a whole are just like such a better team. And I said it before; I'll say it again. Luca's only as good as the people around him. You know, you can't have Kleber going one of five, Finney Smith going two of six, Bullock oh five. Um, uh, who else? Bertans three. Okay, Bertans was very surprising here. I did not know that Bertans would come into this series and he would just be hitting three after three after three. Like even in the wins, he was—he's actually having himself a good series. But moving on from him, you got Burke 0 of two, Dinwiddie 0 of three. Like you really need the other guys to step up. And even though Jalen Brunson's nine of seventeen, which isn't like terrible, but it's like you expect more efficiency and better from Jalen Brunson too at this point. And sometimes it just feels like whose team is it? Like I remember at the end of um not this game, but the last game they played, the one they won. I remember at the end, it was Jalen Brunson that kinda carried the team. He was the one that like basically uh came up with the ball the last like three or four plays. He hit a corner shot three, he hit um that you know that turnaround mid range with the with the left hand floater. That was that was nasty. Uh he set up um uh, he um who was it? I think it was uh it was Dorian Finney Smith, if I'm not mistaken, because I think it was him who had like that amazing three point night where he was just shooting three after three and wasn't missing. But he set him up at the last moment, and yeah, they won. When all their role players are on fire, the Dallas Mavericks can definitely win. And I mean, Luca will always go and get his. It's more about the other people at this point. And if Luca could, I don't know. I don't know if because uh, I, I I think Luca Ball is legit, but I'm starting to believe in it less and less the more we go on. I feel like, I feel like he's really gotta, like, find a way to get the team going, not just iso ball, make a shot, isoball, ball, set up someone in the corner. You know, it doesn't get the whole team going. It doesn't get the whole team moving. And I could, I could see why it could be detrimental, especially against a complete team like Phoenix. And as for the Suns, they're just doing their own thing. They're doing what they do best. They're letting Devin Booker run the show. Chris Paul has been real silent lately. So, I expect him to step up sooner or later. He doesn't usually go on these cold streaks for too long, so he should be fine. I remember in my last podcast last week, I'm like, yo, Giannis is going to do this. Giannis is going to do that. And I made this bet on Giannis. I know I know, we're not even talking about that series anymore, but it just came into my head because we were talking about cold streak. And then Giannis had the worst half of his playoff career where he was like one of 10 or something like like that KD half. Oh my God, my money. It was done. It was done. He had a good second half, but man, that was crazy. Boston ended up winning that game too. That was, uh, <sighs> it was unfortunate, but you know, is what it is. Let's go on and talk about the last series, Golden State versus Memphis. Another series where it wasn't too hard to predict that Golden State would win, but what I didn't expect is Golden State would win because John Moran's injured. I didn't think John Moran would be a problem like this to Golden State. I knew guys like Steven Adams or Jaron Jackson would, but Jaren Jackson's always running into foul trouble so I don't even know. Delon Brooks is uh he's a notable shot chucker and he should really look at Marcus Smart on how Marcus Smart developed his game and stopped being a shot chucker. But overall, I don't know. I don't, I think tonight is uh it's at 9:30 p.m. tonight Eastern time. Uh Golden State's up 3-1. I think Golden State's just going to run with it. Last game it just felt like they weren't even trying. Because, like, the whole game, you know that, uh, you know that meme with the guy who's uh sitting back and then playing video games and then when it gets serious, he sits up and he starts playing? Like, it feels like that. Like, Golden State looked like they weren't trying for the first three and a half quarters. And then the last half of the fourth quarter, they're like, all right, let's start trying. And then, like, Curry starts hitting threes. Clay Thompson starts hitting threes, comes back into the game, you know. It was, it was like, it was like a, com- it was like the Golden State we know. It's a completely different team. Before that, they're just making contested shots. They're just like doing weird iso plays. I don't know. They're just chucking it up. They're seeing if they can make some highlight plays. It's like, it's like they kind of already knew it was in the bag. They're just like messing around. I don't know. Um Actually, I do know Golden State is probably gonna win tonight. If I were you, I'd put my money on it, and I am gonna put my money on it. Golden State gonna take these series home. Sucks that John Morant's injured. I don't think it was intentional or like it broke the code. The man just uh swiped at his kneecap while going to the uh going for the ball. It's not like, it's not like the injury that Payne had, where he has a free layup and a guy's just bumping into him in the air, right? But overall, I do wish John Morant's okay. He's an electric player to watch, and he was definitely the best player in the series. Until he got injured. That's no doubt about it. Um, Going into next year. I hope he comes back healthier. I hope he comes back better. Really goes for that MVP. If my boy Jason Tatum doesn't win it. And overall. Memphis had a good run this year. Even to make it to the second round. Good for them man. But right now it's like. This is where experience comes in. And Golden State is the more experienced team. The Phoenix Suns are the more experienced team and then Miami Philly I would say Miami is the most more experienced team but Philly might make that upset Bucks are the most experienced team uh in their series but yeah I know the Boston Celtics have their own experience of Ls and I guess they just they don't want to take another one so that one's I'd say the Milwaukee Boston one's definitely the closest series out of all of them cuz well of course it's the only one that's 2-2 still but it's just like Milwaukee can do their thing because like they're both just so defensive minded and physical teams. It's just hard to really say who can come up on top. I was pretty sure it's going to be the Bucks because the Bucks have the best player. They have Giannis, right? But then uh, I guess I didn't really take into account that the Celtics have the second best player in the series, which is Jason Tatum, obviously, and the third best, which is Jalen Brown. And I, and the fourth best, I'd say is Drew Holiday. And then after that, it's just a bunch of Celtics players. It's, it's uh, Al Horford. Um, it's Marcus Smart. You know, it's those guys. It's, uh, Rob Williams. I think, uh, I think Al Horford's having a great series. He's always performed really well in the postseason. So it's unfortunate that he doesn't have a ring. He's kind of playing like this might be his only chance, which it really might be. And, Giannis I feel like is gonna turn up though I know I said that last week and I lost my money But this time he's gonna turn up Trust me, trust me He's gonna turn up tonight So shout out Nikola Jokic for winning MVP It was pretty obvious that he was gonna win Not saying if Joel Embiid or Giannis won it I'd be like, you know, he was robbed or anything I just think that Nikola Jokic just had the better year And he clearly did and that's why he won uh, shout out the other contenders for giving it their all. You know, he's a back to back MVP, something that Steph Curry did, LeBron did, Jordan did, some of the greats did. And he's the only second round player to ever, ever even come close to this amount of greatness. You know, his uh, draft was played during a Taco Bell commercial, and he's just, he was a late bloomer, but bloom he did. Now it's just about him coming back next year with a healthier team and God damn it. Like I'm trying to record a podcast out here, bro. It's getting interrupted every like five seconds. Fun fact, Rudy Gay has never won a playoff series in his life. That's it, that's a fun fact. Moving on, I don't think I don't think that speaking of the Rudys, Rudy Gobert would ever, ever even come close to beating Shaq in a 1v1 with that being said though no nba player if you ask them if you can be x player in a 1v1 no nba player will say no they'll all say yes i can that's what makes them different from us they think they're the best they have to be the best they have to think of themselves as the best to get to the greatness that they've already achieved to make it to the league so there's no nba player that you know would be like Like, no, like if you ask Joel Embiid, if you ask Jokic, would you be Shaq in a 1v1? They'd more or less say yes, even if they don't say it out loud. So, I don't blame Rudy Gobert for saying I'd clamp him up, but in no way he would in real life. Come on, we all know Shaq is bodying that man in the paint. Come on, bro. Okay, so yeah. I guess this next part is just going to be me going to NBA Twitter and just reacting to stuff. Let me look at this. There's a picture of Al Horford. With the grill and said he cooked them. I like that one. Oh yeah, there's this picture of this mom looking at her kid with the Luca jersey. Apparently he tried to hug uh one of Chris Paul's family members and Chris Paul like went off on him. Look, I don't know if he tried to hug him or what, but yo, if I'm a professional NBA player and there's a random fan getting too close to my family members, I'm, I'm getting pissed too. Like, who the hell do you think you are? You know, it's just some white boy, you know, thinking he can just go around touching people. That's not cool. Alright, next one. James Harden finished with 60 points, 11 assists, and 10 rebounds tonight. His teammates combined for 54 points and 6 assists in the win. This is the James Harden we need. Oh, okay, yeah, this is from, uh, from a couple years ago when he was in, uh, on the Rockets. It is the James Harden they need, but let's be honest, that's not that guy no more. He's more of a playmaker now, and his playmaking's really amazing. If he can just be, uh, if he can just shoot a little better, he, he definitely, He'd definitely be a great second option, and he still is. Like he was having a really good game until like the Mi- uh, Miami Heat went on that run. He's not really like the best at stopping runs. He's more of like he's like like kind of like Steph Curry. Like your team's on a run, and then like you know he's just making great buckets to get you more and more ahead. Uh, okay, picture of Giannis Antetokounmpo. Sorry, yeah, pitcher of Giannis Antetokounmpo getting dunked on by Jason Tatum. Ooh. So Jason Tatum is one of the only people in the world who could say they dunked on LeBron and on Giannis, so yeah, good for him, man, good for him. Next up, most playoff games with 30 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists since the NBA merger in 76. LeBron with 48, Larry Bird with 19, and Giannis already with 13. So Giannis is getting up there, but goddamn, LeBron has 48 games with 30 points, 10 rebounds, and 5 assists in the playoffs? It's pretty crazy. I'm not going to lie. Ah, uh, yes. The classic NBA Twitter tweet. If you filter out misses, these are the Steph Curry stats in the 2022 playoffs. 27.6 points per game. 5.6 assists per game. 3.9 rebounds per game. 100% field goal. 100% three-point percentage. 100% free throw. Wow. Wow. If you filter out the misses, these are his stats. Yo, bro, sometimes these guys just be bored as fuck. You know what I mean? I don't even know what else to say. But hey, I screenshotted it, so it was entertaining for sure. All right, so this one has nothing to do with basketball, but I found it hilarious. I'm going to say it anyways. Being a top-tier manga, turning into a top-tier anime... And then everything's going great. And then it's like the studio not sticking to the script. And then everyone's starting to freak out. (laughs) Classic. Ah, yes. Another one. People forget that Jordan Poole is a black belt in taekwondo and knows all the pressure points in the human body. He knows where to pull and push to trigger certain pathological reactions. That That's exactly what he was doing, you know? He was hitting him in the pressure points. Bro, NBA is just so bored, man. I love it, though. I just love it so much. All right, another one. Kaminga's 18 points tonight are the most by a teenager in the playoffs since Melo in 2004. Now, that's a good one, man. That's a good one. And no, it's not fake. But that's... Go for for Kaminga, man. Even though he had a pretty bad game the game after. Go for him, bro. I hope he plays more tonight. Oh yeah, and here's that Rudy Gay one I saw from earlier. So he played 15 plus season and he has yet to win a single playoff series. I feel kinda bad for him. He played on a lot of teams too. A lot of rebuilding teams, actually. I remember he played on the Raptors too, so I got love for him, but unfortunate. Unfortunate. Oh yes. Grizzlies Ja Morant says he couldn't see out of left eye while scoring final 15 points of game two win over Warriors. I've got another good eye over here. 2020 vision right here. Thank God for my right eye. And then someone said to that tweet, lying well beyond his ears. This is a 33-year-old vet lie. Big paws on this puppy. Destined for greatness. No cap, bro. If this wasn't some freaking cap, I couldn't see out of one eye. I was just scoring with one eye. Get get the fuck out of here, bro. <laughs> Talking about you scoring off one eye like that. Yeah, that's like that's like one of those uh those things like Okay, no hate on LeBron, but that's one of those things LeBron would say, like, yeah, I remember in that series, you know, th- something just awakened in me where I was just like, nah, I have to change, I have to be better, I have to become the god i meant to be, so, you know, like, something like that, you know, but, uh, but no, no, that's that's definitely some cap, hilarious cap, but yo, he did, he did score the last 15 points of the game, so no hate there, and that's it for me, man, I think I'm done. It was fun going through Twitter. I think I might do that more. That that's way more fun than just talking about basketball. Uh just reacting to basketball tweets. That is hilarious. Cause yo, just talking about basketball is great enough. but I just feel like a lot of people can just if they want to like know basketball, they can just get their sources from better and more knowledgeable people and more connected people than me, right? But if you just wanna hear a guy just reacting to NBA Twitter, it's not bad. it's not bad. It's fun. I might do it again. Uh, Until then, I'm out. Peace.